one. Hey, beautiful Gemsters, and welcome back to another segment here on Gems Podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening. For those of you that are new to the community, welcome. You are now a Gemster. And with me today is Corey Rosenke, and he is an author, pastor, presenter, and a tenacious pursuer of truth. Corey Rosenke is both the concept pioneer and foremost authority on the cravings of the soul. Through sermon, session, workshop, and manuscript, he is dedicated to the pivotal work of connecting hungry souls to the joy of their maker. In a world where truth and reality have become shrouded in debilitating ambiguity, Corey specializes in reasserting the clarity of divine design and definition. And that's not all Corey does. And a bio could only do so much. But I want to welcome the man behind it all, Corey Rosenke. Genesis, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. My pleasure, Corey. And I hope I did not butcher your name, but I definitely want to give you a chance to connect with the audience in a fun and personal manner. We could either do that by a rapid 10-question game or an icebreaker. What are you feeling? Oh, let's let's go with the 10-question game. Here we go, y'all. We're playing rapid fire with Corey and Genesis. <laughs> Question numero uno. Corey, what is one word to describe you? Intense. Question number two, what made you so passionate about your love of God? Oh, man, just um, his goodness towards me, his undeserved goodness towards me. Question three, you get three random acts of kindness per day as a minimum. What are your three today to do for someone else? I think to listen to them, um, because a lot of people are not fully listened to. I think in, uh, to encourage them. A lot of us go through life without um, experiencing encouragement, as strange as that sounds. And um, the third one to be uh, would be to just allow them to be them and accept them for who they are. Um, so many of us always feel like we have to put on masks for people. And I always want people to know, you don't have to put on a mask with me. I accept you as you are. Love it. Question four, name a hard time in your life that actually built character. Oh man, I would say even, I would go way back even to my childhood. I was raised in deep, deep poverty. Um, and I think that's what, um, I had a choice. Um, I could get lost in discouragement, you know, or I could get lost in the wonder of God's world. And I chose wonder, uh, thanks to God's grace. And um, I think that the, the, but going through that trial of poverty um, made me look at the world with more authentic eyes. And um, I would say that was definitely a benefit for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. Um, so question five here, and I think this is going to kind of correlate with your upbringing. So when you be began this quest to become a pastor, was it something that you already knew that you wanted to do? Or was it just life circumstances that led you to wanting to take on the role of a pastor? Right. Yeah, for me, I'll give you the short version of that. I was a musician um, doing music in church, and it got to the point where other churches wanted me to do music at their church as well. So I kind of had a traveling ministry where I'd go to different churches doing music. Um, and during that period in life, I fell in love with Jesus. And um, 
And so I, suddenly I would go to churches and I didn't just want to sing. I wanted to talk to them about life and the goodness of God in between songs. So much so that one of the pastors said one day, you might as well just preach. <laughs> and so I preached and boy, that changed everything for me. So for me, it was kind of an unexpected, almost a rele uh, revelation type calling. Mm, okay. All through the power of music, which ministers mm. people in very various forms and facets. So I love that. Mm. So question six. When I know you um, write, so the book that is behind you, Heart, um, Heart's God, is that what it says? The Magnetic Heart of God, Understanding yeah. the Five Cravings of Your Soul. Mm. How did you come up with the title of that? And hold it up so those yeah. who are watching the video can see. Yeah. Um, really, the title came up to it as in, um, as we'll talk about perhaps more about later, is that um, more than a brain or a body, we are souls. And it's mm -hmm. something that we forget in our world today. The world is almost exclusively in pursuit of the biological, and yet the deepest part of us is non-biological. And uh, so what, I, what I've done in the book is I explore the cravings of the soul, and I believe that these cravings did not evolve. They, they were placed in us intentionally by God um, for the purpose of drawing us back to him, because only ultimately only in him can they be satisfied. And so that's why the book's called The Magnetic Heart of God. It's like there's these cravings built into all of us, whether we're people of faith or not people of faith, those same cravings that are built inside of us. And like a magnet, we are drawn to God because only in him can they be satisfied. And of course, we're human beings. So what do we do? We try to find satisfaction in, mm -hmm. in wealth and in education yes. and in other people, but ultimately they can only be satisfied in God. Yes. And thank you for sharing that because we're definitely going to unpack some of that further in the discussion. So we're on question seven, right? Keep me honest here. So question seven, what is your drink of choice? Is it coffee, tea, or something else? If it's a hot drink, it's hot chocolate. Oh, okay. Different. I like that. Um, question eight, you just came across a windfall of cash. Cha-ching, cha-ching. However, before your proceeds are released to you, you must contribute to three charities of your choice. What charities are you donating to? Oh, man, I'm going to uh, donate to a local pregnancy care center, Real Options. Um, I'm going to donate um, to Samaritan's Purse because I love that the, the work that they do in rebuilding places. Like, as I mentioned to you off when we were off air, I've been on several uh, trips to Houston, for that matter, rebuilding after um, hurricanes. And the third one, what would the third one be? I would say the third one um, would be um, some sort of... Um, down syndrome uh organization that i could support okay so audience if you have not heard of any of these charities i encourage you to go look up these charities to see if they're tied to your heartstrings if you would like to contribute in this area as well because it is better to give than receive and we are now coming up upon the holiday season here but make every day a holiday because once you're a blessing to somebody you don't know how you are that person who felt like they had nobody so question nine Corey where are you originally from I am originally from Alberta Canada 
I grew up there, born and raised, and it's only been in the last seven years that I've lived in California in the United States. So I'm a citizen of Canada and a legal resident of the United States. Love it. And question 10, it is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed. And this is where you ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So are you passing or playing? Um, I will pass. Okie dokie. The roles are reversed here. So Corey, what is your question for me? All right. If you could give um, a young lady um, one piece of mentoring advice, what would it be? Never stop believing in yourself and definitely don't second guess who you are and the potential that you bring to the table. Very nice. So y'all, that just concludes Rapid Fire with Corey and Genesis. I hope you learned a little bit more about who Corey is. And now we're going to zoom over to the main part of the segment, which is some of the work that Corey is doing. So he likes to talk about some various things pertaining to the soul, because y'all, we all heard that the mind, body, and soul are all interconnected and intertwined. So today I wanna to unpack what proof is there that mankind has souls? And then the, and then we're gonna dive into the relevance of a soul. So Corey, your question, what proof is there that mankind has souls? Because some people just think that we're a body with no soul. Yeah, well, it's true. And um, more and more in academia today, it's it's been a recent thing in recent years and only recently that the soul has really been denied. And so whenever I get asked this question, and I, I, I appear on a lot of shows, radio, broadcast, television, and I'm often asked this question, and I, and I generally like to start by saying, you are your own best evidence that you have a soul. Mm -hmm. And that is true of each of us. There is something inside of us that intuitively knows that we exist beyond biology. And that, in, that intuition really comes out because we crave things that are not biological cravings. And they are certainly not in line with what some people might call evolution. So as an example, um, we as human beings crave justice. We, we crave the distinction between a moral right and a moral wrong. No other creature on earth has this craving. It's just us, right? We crave identity. And whenever I talk about identity, and I especially dive into this in my book, I, the craving of identity asks four symbiotic questions. Who am I? Why am I? Do I have value? Do I have purpose? Again, this is there is no other creature on earth that asks these questions. These are non-biological questions. And C.S. Lewis once said that cravings do not exist unless satisfaction for those cravings also exists. Mm -hmm. So as an example, we say um, we feel hungry. Well, yeah. there's such a thing as food, right? If, if there was no such thing as food, we would never have developed a, a hunger for it, right? A duck, a baby duck, as soon as it comes out, it wants to swim. You know, there should never be a desire to swim if there is no such thing as water, right? Because there's water, there's a desire to swim. And the same thing is true of us. We crave the eternal. We crave something beyond biology, beyond, you know, just simply the flesh, you know, and, and the biology that we are constantly kind of striving against on earth. And the very fact that we have that craving proves that it exists, because cravings do not exist without satisfaction for those cravings. So that's point number one. And point okay. number two, yeah, point number two kind of brings it all together. And I say, we have the evidence 
of unanimous and uncoerced conclusion. And by that, I mean that virtually every culture in history, whether they, whether they lived in the desert or on a mountain or by a lake, right? Whether they were fishermen or farmers or hunter gatherers, whether they built their houses out of, out of blocks of snow or buffalo hide or rock or wood, they yeah. all came to the same conclusion that we exist beyond biology. Just, just think of that for a moment. The, the, the awareness of the soul did not travel around the world like, like religions did, mm, right? Okay. Religions were moved around. Every culture. So when the Europeans came to North America and they met the native peoples, the Europeans believed in a soul, but they came to the native peoples who already believed in a soul. They, they brought a form of religion, but they did not bring an awareness of the soul. Right? The Romans believed in a soul, and then they invaded Brittany way back mm -hmm. in the day. But they, in invading Brittany, they invaded people who already believed in a soul. You know, we mm -hmm. think of Africa, the continent of Africa. Each tribe, each member believed in a soul long before they were ever had any kind of outside influence thrust upon them. And so when you think of the fact that every culture unanimously and independently came to the same conclusion, I mean, that's as scientific a fact as you can get, right? I'll often say if my, yeah. if my son comes running into the room and he says, dad, did you hear that loud screech? And I'll say, no, I didn't hear that <laughs> screech. I wonder if he's hearing things. But then my wife comes in from the garden and she says, honey, did you hear that loud screech? I'm like, oh, two testimonies from different places. Maybe I should listen. And then, and then there's a ring, a uh, knock on the door and the neighbor comes in. Did you yeah. guys hear that screech? It's like, I didn't hear it, but yeah. clearly there was a screech because there's all these independent testimonies. You mm -hmm. take that simple little analogy and you multiply it thousands of times. Every culture on earth came to the same conclusion. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's as scientific, a rock solid fact as you can get. Okay, I love that there because you know what? I think that, okay, let's take the phone for example. So this is my phone here. So the phone is just the phone and some people feel like the body is just the body and they say, when I die, like that's the end of me. But some people also believe on the flip side, when I die, it's my body that is going in the earth, but my soul is transcending into either the next area, which some people believe in heaven and some people believe in hell. And I think for those who believe that, you know, my body is just my body, but my soul is what is going on to everlasting. Those are the people that truly believe that the soul is there and it's the soul that is connected to the body and the body is connected to the mind. So on the opposing side, for somebody that says, well, I really don't believe it either. I don't really believe that there's a soul there because I really don't believe in heaven or hell. How can we, you know, encourage those people to see things differently? We're not saying that we're going to persuade you, but we're just giving you a new vantage point because you gave two valid points there. But then, you know, some people still like to say the proof is in the pudding. Well, and I would say the proof is in the pudding, right? <laughs> right. That is... So as an example, so I speak to Christians, Buddhists, Muslims. I've spoken to people who are self-identified as witches or mediums. I speak to oh. psychologists, various doctors, and because everyone is hungry to hear about the soul. So when we first broke, when we first kind of step in a conversation about the soul, it doesn't have to be religious in nature to start with. In fact, I would say that the reason why there are so many religions in the world today mm -hmm. is because people have been trying to explain what they already know about themselves, 
right? And that's why there's there's so many independent religions that have developed over time. And so, as again, to those type of people, I would I would say you inside of you, as again, you have desires that are not of this world. Mm-hmm. And we have to acknowledge that those desires would not exist unless something apart from this world existed. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, but the conversation of the soul doesn't have to start in religion. In fact, it rarely does. Religions mm-hmm. actually started because of our awareness of the soul, right? And um, so as a pastor, obviously, I believe that God created us this way on purpose. Mm-hmm. And that the cravings of our soul, the five cravings of our soul, as I identify in the book, are good and beautiful cravings when we operate in them as God designed us to operate in them. And on the flip side of that, all the chaos we see in the world today is a result of us pursuing those cravings in fallible places and infallible ways. Okay. And and I like that you said that because as a pastor, you're saying what you believe in and your beliefs is not going to be everyone's belief, but we're also right. saying for those of you who may not be religious is that you don't need, necessarily need to believe in religion to believe that there is a soul. So yeah. for someone saying, okay, um, how do I uh, nurture and cleanse my soul and really find relevance to my soul? Because sometimes if they're not in synergies and they don't have that balance they could feel like okay my mind is telling me to do one thing my body is not aligning with my mind so then how can I get my soul in reverence and feel free to um rearrange that question if it did not come out right right well I guess I would say I would I would arrange it this way and I would say that the hierarchy of ourselves of Mm -hmm. our personhood is more than a brain or a body we are a soul Mm-hmm. Our soul sends directives to the mind and our mind sends directives to the body. Okay, that so is our soul, our soul yep. mind, body. Yes. The soul is the center of your person. It is the center of your personality. It is the root of your motivations in life. Um, and so there is a great movement in today's world. That's a very important and it's a good movement. I'm not, don't, I'm, don't let me, don't let what I'm about to say next disparage that. It's very true, but there's a big move towards mental health and there yeah. absolutely should be for a long time. We have not acknowledged these issues yes. and it, it's been a real problem. However, there are a lot of issues that have been assigned as mental health issues. Mm-hmm. When I would say to you, they're, they're actually soul issues mm-hmm. because let me just give you kind of a snapshot of my journey in life. Coming from the poverty background that I did, I escaped by delving into philosophy. I was super into, and I, and I still am, I still enjoy it. The, the, you know, the, the philosophers, Aristotle, Plato, Confucius, all different kinds of philosophers. Um, I didn't, I didn't find the answers I was looking for there. In fact, philosophy generally asks more questions than it answers, but it's a beautiful study. But ultimately you're not going to find purpose for your life in philosophy. Mm-hmm. And so that moved me to psychology. And I and I still, to this day, love the study of psychology. I, I, for a while, I was really big into Sigmund Freud, specifically um, in his work at trying to explain the development of personality. And how he talked about the id and the ego mm-hmm. and the superego. The truth of the matter is, the more you get to know about Freud, the kind of the more he crazy he kind of becomes. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, psycho- psychology is an interesting thing. But again, it's if you're looking for purpose and meaning, you're not going to find it in psychology. And then today, and I, I'm fascinated by this study too, it's the study of neuroscience, mm-hmm. right? The neuroplasticity of the brain and the way it functions, 
um, the way that outside experiences will actually change the shape of your brain. And, and then through counseling or through self-disciplines, how it can actually be changed back into a healthy form. Again, the brain is an amazing thing. When we talk about dopamine, right? And serotonin and all the, all the chemicals that fire back and forth, all the neurons, it's an amazing study. But at the end of the day, philosophy, psychology, and neuroscience are the study of mechanism. They are not the study of source. They are like studying a car and being fascinated by doors that open, an engine that starts, an electrical system that moves. But the truth of the matter is that car can do nothing without a driver behind the wheel. Okay, so let's... So, let's... Yeah, so they're the study of mechanism. And so what I'm wanting to get to dig down into is the study of source. Where did these come? Where does your personality come from? Where do these mm -hmm. deep desires within you come from? They don't come from your mind. They come from the soul. So then as they come from the soul, I think that could also play into human behavior, why Absolutely. we behave a certain way. And I like that you brought up neurosciences because neurosciences can also um, factor into the study of human development, which a lot of people are talking about human development, human design, and they're pairing that with neurosciences. And then if you think about psychology and pairing that with sociology, how the two intertwine. Can you talk about the importance of human behaviors and how it correlates with um, soul? Right. Well, as I mentioned, philosophy, psychology, neuroscience is the study of mechanism. Mechanism, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like cutting in on a, you know, there's a line of dominoes that are falling. It's kind of like stepping in halfway through, you know, this line of dominoes that are falling, but it's not explaining what knocked them over to start with. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in order to understand what knocks them over to start with, we have to look at the soul. And so when I in my book, again, the book is called The Magnetic Heart of God, Understanding the Five Cravings of Your Soul. And what I put forth is that there are five primary cravings of our soul. And the reason I call them cravings of the soul is because they are deeper than psychology. Right. They are they are non-biological cravings. They are they are a, a layer underneath. Um, and these five cravings are the root of all human ambition. They're the reason why some of us really want to get married. And they're the reason why other people are desperate to get divorced. Sure. You know, they're what drive us towards wanting to get a degree on our wall, yeah. you know, or, or want are wanting to like make a lot of money. Um, they are the root of all of our human behavior. And, um, and so the reason I bring this up and the reason why I find it so important is just think of this for a moment. We live in a world right now of unprecedented prosperity even though right now you know some people are saying we're going through a recession and all that stuff and mm -hmm. you know a paycheck doesn't last as long as it used to and all, all that stuff is probably true we still live in a time of unprecedented un unprecedented prosperity there's never been a time in history where a generation like the generations that are alive today have had such unfettered access to comfort mm -hmm. to leisure to entertainment to education to wealth opportunities to world travel we have more than any generation in, in the history of the world, and yet every study shows us to be more unhappy than ever. Mm. Fascinating. The more we get, the more, I should say, the more biological things we accumulate, the more unhappy we are. Why? Because the answer isn't there. It's within the soul. Yeah. Our, our culture is obsessed with pursuing the, and catering to the cravings of the body and the mind, the body and the mind, the body and the mind, right? And we've forgotten our souls. 
And I believe that is the reason why we see the chaos in the world today. There, I heard a quote from Jim Carrey, um, actually just a couple of weeks ago. Jim Carrey is a Canadian comedian. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, I wish everybody, I wish that everybody could experience riches and fame so that they would finally realize that it's not the answer. Yes. Oh, wow. That is a powerful right. quote. And the reason being, like I said, we, we think that if we can uh, accumulate these biological things that we will somehow have peace. And to, and to be honest, it's a, it's a great lie that's been happening for thousands of years. You can even go back into biblical times. We've been told if you will reach the top of that financial mountain, if you will reach the top of that intellectual mountain or that social mountain or that sexual mountain or whatever that mountain is, you will find peace. And ours are the generations that have reached the summit. And we found that there's nothing there. Yeah, and please. that and that is the reason I think there is more confusion today than ever. There is under the surface, there is this like boiling rage. There's mm -hmm. depression, right? Because we finally realized we've been pursuing peace and happiness in all these biological places yes. where it can't be found. Yes. And I think because more and more people are buying for those tangible items because we now have social media, we have television that is telling us a vision and all of these things that are constantly buying for things where they think those things are going to validate who we are, but we're still empty inside, not realizing that we need to connect with ourselves internally in order to manifest what we truly want externally. So let's give um, the audience some tangible examples here before we wind down and go into the CTA. So what is a tangible exercise that those listening in on this segment can do so they could start to really connect with who they are um, at the root and at the uh, soul level? Right. Well, I guess I would first say this, knowledge is awareness. So if you gain a new knowledge, you are gaining a new awareness. And so what I would wish for people to start with is to take a pause and to and to realize what I believe they already know about themselves. I believe all your listeners already know this about themselves. You are not the reflection looking back in the mirror. You are not the number on the way scale. You are not the diploma on your wall or the balance in your bank account. More than any of that, you are a soul, right? And the day that we actually come to a full awareness, a full knowledge of this, right? It absolutely changes everything because it changes our priorities. But what's happening to most of us today is we are in rapid pursuit of beauty or what we perceive to be beauty, right? Um, or wealth or power. And yet all of those are fragile um, accumulations that will not last. In fact, I think that they are the root cause of most of our stress. Um, so as far as an exercise, the exercise would be this, to pause for a moment, right? In all the rush of your day, all the things you are doing, and ask yourself, how am I feeding my soul? Because you can feed your body, you know what? And and um, and that's good. You want to definitely want to do that. And you can feed your mind. You can read and be entertained. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're not doing something to feed your soul, you will feel empty inside. And so that would be, my, I guess, my first exercise would simply be to pause and ask yourself, as you have this new awareness, hey, I am, I am, I exist beyond biology. That's not some sort of creepy um, religious statement. That is a factual human statement, right? That, that each one of us exists beyond biology. 
Um, and for you to sit down and, and allow that awareness to wash over you. Exercise number one. Yep. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that exercise, y'all. And I, um, Corey, that is just amazing. And y'all, I encourage you to pause and really be intentional with the pause. Cut off any distractions, your cell phones, the TV, the radio, anything that will take you away from really being connected in the, in the period that you are pausing to really do this exercise. Now, Corey, um, I want you to tell the audience how they could get in um, contact with you. What is your website so they could become a part of your community and learn more of what you have going on and well, your call you to so action? Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, yeah, so my website is coreyrosinki.com and uh, it's just my name.com. And that is kind of the best centralized place. You can actually contact me directly through the website. Um, the website will also, you know, share a little bit about who I am and get people um, some options as where they can get my book. Also, if you were interested in the book, you could um, just type the magnetic heart of God into inter any internet search and it'll bring up the, you can get the book somewhere near you. Really, my goal, I have to tell you, be honest with you, Genesis, uh, Genesis my goal has really been, I'm so passionate about this. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a pastor, but I'm not approaching this as someone who's trying to um, trying to convert people to Christianity. I'm, I'm approaching this in that I believe we live in a world where we have forgotten what it means to be human. And when you think of all our accumulations today, all the prosperity, you know, the poorest among us today have more than the kings and queens of mere decades ago. It's it's quite a fascinating thing. And yet to see the hopelessness, the despair, the anger that is gripping our culture, right? And I believe it's because people have forgotten who they are more than a brain or a body, they are souls. And if we're going to find peace and happiness, right, we're going to have to start um, heeding those internal cravings, not just the cravings of the body and the brain. Yes, man, you dropped so many gems for you are just a wealth of knowledge. And I just love that you have the book out there, which can be a tool and resource to individuals who really want to learn about how to connect with with their souls and the relevance of their souls and the why behind that within five um, easy steps, as well as just taking time to pause because we're all so busy, but just whenever we are intentional with pausing and just really connecting with who we are internally and at the root, we could really see why we're doing certain things, who are we, and not what the world wants us to be. I think that's so important. And I just love that you link your information and your book. So y'all make sure you go get involved with Corey and what he has going on and make sure you like, comment, follow, and subscribe to the podcast. We're available on 40 plus audio platforms. And if you want to watch the video to this recording, head on over to YouTube and go to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp is our channel and you'll see the video to this recording and my big ask is for brand sponsors it is paid sponsorship because it does take resources to fuel the mission and movement behind the show which is to consistently bring content that is educational inspirational and motivation while also weaving in DEIMB which is diversity equity inclusion and belonging and with you with us linking arms it's taking us to move the needle further and make this world better than we found it. So until the next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Remember, you matter 
You're here for a purpose, on purpose, and don't ever let somebody tell you what you aren't because you know who you are. So it's time for you to walk into authority without having someone shape and mold you to who you know you're not supposed to be. I hope that encourages you. Until next time, y'all be blessed.